Can y'all hear me? All right, all right. Can't stand. Turn your Bibles, if you have them, tablets or whatever you have, to Romans, the sixth chapter. Sixth chapter of Romans. Romans, the sixth chapter, and we're going to read verses six. I'm sorry, verses one through 14. One through 14, and I'll read those, and you can just uh, read silently along with me. And I'll be reading from the NASB version. Romans 6, chapter, verses 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died in sin still live in it? Huh? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Huh? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism unto death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life, new life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Father God, we come before you now, and Lord, we ask that we hear from you today. Father, we ask that we hear a word from on high, your message, Lord, and not my own. Lord, use me as an instrument, Lord, to convey your message to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you may be seated. We continue to go from Rome, Romans, amen. And uh, Romans, man, I, I, I love this book. It, it challenges me. Uh, it, it made me uh, uh, come before you all in, in ways that I never thought I would. <laughs> and challenge, uh, challenge my thinking, challenge your thinking as well. And we come today to uh, talk even further from Romans, and it's going to be the sixth chapter. So, so let me start by saying this. I read an illustration this week that, that, that was 
that, that was really solid, and I want to share this all with you. It was from Martin Lloyd-Jones. He had an illustration explaining the believer's relationship to his old sinful disposition. You hear that? The believer's old sinful disposition, right? He said, it's like two adjoining fields separated by a road. One field is owned by Satan and the other owned by God. And we started out by living in Satan's field, right? But at the point of salvation, we cross the road to that new field, like I said, through salvation that was owned by God. And we began living our lives for him. Now, in God's field, we are only subject to him. We are only subject to him. Satan is no longer our boss. We're only subject to him. However, Satan continues to be a bother. And on occasion, he tempts us to look on that other side. All right? But here it is. He's powerless to draw us back over. Amen? You know, uh, another illustration I have, and it'll all come together for you. Trust me, I'm not just scattergunning here. But another illustration I have is that I, I thought of my daughter, Kayla. And she couldn't be no more than in the probably third, fourth grade, I say fifth at the most. And, and one day she came home and she sat us down. And I told this story before. She sat us down, sat Karen and I down. And it was like serious. It was serious. And you could tell that she was nervous and everything. And, uh, and she sat us down and, and she began to tell us about what happened at school. And I could see that, you know, the tension was building up. And she was getting more nervous. And then all of a sudden she began crying and the tears flowed. And she just had to get it off her chest. And she confessed and she said, I cussed. I said, you what? I cursed, I cursed. <laughs> and I went in the other room. And I said, oh, you, you cursed. Yeah, before I left, I said, oh. I went in the other room and I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, to be that sensitive to you. Thank you. Amen. And, and then I remember... Kayla, all the kids were at home together. And uh, Kelsey, she wanted to, to tell a story that she heard. She heard, you know, uh, that uh, someone was cursing and she thought it was no big deal to repeat what they were saying. She was only telling a story. So she was just, you know, cursing like they did. She was only telling a story, but then Jalen and and Kayla was like, you know, you're cussing right now, right? <laughs> you know, and she was young as well. And then all of a sudden, I'm at work and I receive this call, and Kelsey's on the other end. <laughs> What's wrong? You know, you guys are home alone. I'll make sure nothing was bad, you know. And she said, I cussed, I cussed, I cussed. <laughs> and I said, you what? <laughs> I curse. I said bad words. And she goes on. And then I said, hey, you know, we'll talk about it when I get home. I hung up the phone, you know, and I was in my office, closed the door. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting them have such a, a sensitive heart towards you. I don't have a story like that for Jalen. Ah, I wonder what that means. I got to talk to him about. That. I got to talk to him about that. But anyway, today, today, I'm gonna ask you all to consider, consider three things, because we're talking about new life today. New life. New life. New life. New life. 
New life, new life, new, new life. We're talking about new life today. And I'm asking you to consider three things. Consider the question, because Paul is going to pose a question. Consider your conversion. And then I'm going to ask you to consider your conduct. So consider the question, conversion, and your conduct. Amen. So Paul starts today with a question. He says, what shall we say then? We, uh, are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. Who or how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Elder Mack last week, he touched a bit and talked a bit about uh, just a and that was in the fifth chapter of Romans. And of course, the earlier chapters of Romans, basically, Paul was laying the groundwork. He was basically saying that, hey, I don't care if you're Jewish, Gentile, I don't care who you are, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't please him. There, there's a great gulf between you and God, and he had to fix it. He had to fill it. And how he filled it, he filled it by his son, Jesus Christ, coming down to die for you. And that was that bridge that we needed to get back with him, to get back to God, to get back to where we should be in the first place. Amen. And he's saying that you couldn't do it and you needed it. And, and how to get there is through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And once you put your faith in Jesus all of a sudden, guess what? You are legally good. You're justified. You're justified, and, 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 and you're considered righteous, not in your own righteousness, but his righteousness. You're clothed in his righteousness, and when God sees you and he looks at you, he doesn't see, he doesn't see your filthiness standing there, but he actually sees you clothed in Christ's righteousness. He had to do it, right? There was bad news first, and you had to hear the bad news before the good news came your way. Amen? But then some said, wait a minute, uh, a faith in, in, in this grace, what do you, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, what are you talking about, Paul? Now, now you're saying that we, are, uh, uh, we, we, we have this grace thing. I don't know. Once I said, I, I'm, all, I'm all about works here. I think you have to work to earn your place with God, right? And, and those were the legalists. They were thinking that you have to do something to earn favor with God, to earn grace with God, right? To, to earn salvation. They felt that salvation you know, it was, you know, kind of free if you did the right things to earn it, right? However, that, that, that was a, a wrong way to, to look at it because if you have to earn grace, then is grace really free? <laughs> is grace really free if you have to earn it? If God's grace could be earn, then it is really, is it, is it really a free gift of God through Jesus Christ? No, it's not, right? No, it's not. And, and their issue was that, well, if you, if, I mean, Paul, if you keep going down this path, you're going to give folks a license to, to act a fool. You know, I mean, grace, grace, and you just keep, you keep talking about grace, Hey, they, they're going to just feel like they can do what they want to do. No, you got to, you know, they got to earn it. They got to earn it. And God and Paul in, in response said, no, no, uh, grace is free. <laughs> Christ did it all, right? He doesn't need your help to save you. <laughs> he did it by himself right? Because he was that offering that was, that, that was acceptable to God. Amen? And, and here's the interesting thing. There was another group on the other side that says, yeah, legal stuff and all that legalism and stuff like that. Yeah, that is dead. 
and, and grace is free. And we are free now, and we are so free, we can do what we want to. We can sin as much as we want to because grace is free. And, and check this out, and this is what we can do. Not only can we sin, we can really sin. And I'm going to tell you why. Because, see, the more you sin, the more you, like, let God be gracious. You see what I'm saying? I mean, he, he's a gracious God. Now, he wants to be a really, really, really gracious God. So in order, to, in order for him to be really, really gracious, we, can re, we should really, really, really sin. Because the more we sin, the more gracious God is. And then we can say, oh, thank you for being so gracious, God. So we can sin. We can do our things. And this position was called antinomialism. If, uh, and I think I'm pronouncing that right. But what it means is anti-legal. Anti-legal. You know, it's not about legal stuff. We can sin. And what's interesting is that... Uh, God gives grace for sin, and, and, and it's not for us to sin. Amen. It's not for us to sin. It's no, no, don't, don't even go there. Paul, Paul basically says this, you know, let me blast you back. Let me blast you. And he says, he says, man, you know, what is like the strongest thing I can say to you all? For, for those who think like that, for those who think either way, what, what is the best way I can, can, can do it? Let me see. Uh, may it never be. May it never be. Uh, what about helping God? Helping God. May it never be. He doesn't need your help to save you. Well, what about all this free sinning that we can do? May it never be. That's what he said. And, 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 and it's with all the explanation points and, and everything. May it never be. Never be. May it never be that we feel that the Almighty needs our help for us from sin. May it never be that we kind of be in a position where we barter with God. We, we, can, we can negotiate with him. Hey, God, since I helped clean the church this Saturday, you know, hook, hook, hook a brother up. May it never be. May it never be. May it never be that we take advantage of our mercy, compassionate God and our Savior by acting as if we are delivered uh, from nothing. Meaning, meaning, may it never be that we act a, a, a fool with sin just because he's given us grace. May it never be. Paul even says, Okay, we'll put them at a table.
and, and, and what about their favorite car? Maybe they needed to be in, in their favorite, they would have liked to have been in their favorite car. So what we'll do is we'll get the body, we'll put it in, we'll put it in the driver's seat and we'll pose them and we'll stick the arm out on the steering wheel. And, and you can see pictures of it and it just, maybe, maybe they just like sitting around and sitting down and, and, and chilling with their, with their friends and, 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 you know, to have their favorite liquor. We'll put them at a table and we'll put the drink in front of them and they'll just be sitting at the table with the drink right there. And, and it was interesting because the people thought it was an amazing idea. And, and they were like, oh yeah, and it was taking pictures and everything. And, and what I noticed is that, you know, the cigarette in the hand never made it to the mouth. The other thing I noticed is that they never played a card. They, they never drove the car. <laughs> they, 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 their foot never stepped on the gas. Right? And, and the drink on the table, they never put that up to their mouth. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, right? Ridiculous. And, and this is what Paul is saying too. You're dead to sin. You're dead to sin. Uh, how, I mean, it's illogical to think that, that you can live in a sinful way and sinning and sinning and sinning when you're dead to sin. You're, you're dead to sin. Dead is dead, Paul says. Dead is dead. Grace means we are free from sin, not free to sin. We have been reborn to liberty from sin, not liberty to sin. What's hard about that? What's hard about that? Justification and sanctification are linked. They're linked. Justification and sanctification they're linked. When you're justified, you're going you're gonna to live a different way. You're going to live differently. Amen? You're going to live a different life when you're justified. It's impossible for a true believer to live in a constant state of sinfulness. You hear that? A constant state of sinfulness. Look at verse 1. Verse one has a word in there that says, continue, and we can finish the phrase, in sin. Continue in sin. What that means is habitual persistence. We, we don't, you know, it's not to say we don't sin. Y'all know good and well y'all still sin. <laughs> y'all know good and well y'all still sin. But I'm talking about a, a life of sin continuing to sin, just sinning and sinning like you used to before. And you just sin and it doesn't bother you to sin. No longer are you like, uh, you're not like a Kayla where, you know, when, when you do wrong, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit touches your heart and you feel like, oh, I, I felt I, I did something wrong. No longer do you feel like a, a Kelsey when you feel like you've done something wrong, then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit touches your heart and you say, oh man, I, I feel like I've done something wrong. Ain't nothing like a Holy Ghost whooping, isn't it? Ain't nothing like a Holy Ghost whooping, right? When you know you've done something wrong, that's, that's when folks, you see folks talk to themselves. Man, why do that? Man, uh, why did... I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said it like that. Ah, and they're beating themselves up. No, 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 no spanking from a human <laughs> can, can match that because that, that, that whipping from the Holy Spirit just gets you, oh, man, why do that? Oh, I said that. To, man, I shouldn't have blown my fuse. Why did I? Man, I should have been calmer. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have told them where to go. Lord, help me. But here's the deep thing. The more mature you 
are in this walk with Christ, the, the more sensitive you are to sin and the more you see, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I need to be. Isn't that interesting? The more mature you become in Christ, the more you say, man, I'm just missing the mark. I'm not where I need to be. I want to be more and more like him. I, I just want to be, I want to be done with this. Lord, help me to be more like you. Isn't it interesting? A transformed life is evidence that you are saved. So Paul is saying that the only sane answer to the question is no. Shall we continue to sin? No. Duh. No. No, we shouldn't continue to sin. Not at all. We're, we're transformed, right? Justification and sanctification, they're linked together, right? God doesn't need our help with salvation to those who are legalists. And to those who think that because we are under grace, we no longer have to act morally, that's wrong too. That's wrong as well. Consider, consider the question. Now consider your conversion. In verse three and four, he says this, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. That's new life. That's new life. See, the, the, the Romans and the Corinthians and all of those in that first uh, church era, they, they understood what baptism was all about because even the Great Commission said, go and what? Baptize, right? Baptize was part of that as well, right? And they knew that, and they knew all about what baptiz baptism uh, was about. However, they didn't want, uh, Paul didn't want them to stop at the water. He didn't want them to stop at the water. He says, understand what this thing is really about, right? Baptism is not uh, uh, about just the water. Matter of fact, when you read Romans, you'll see that ba uh, water baptism is talked about in, in a very few verses. Because what he's really talking about is right here is spiritual baptism. Amen? Spiritual baptism. We're talking about union with Christ. We're talking about your union with Christ here. It means that he, I am his and he is mine, right? And verse three states, we are baptized into his death. We died with him. In a very real way, we've died with him. And it's just like the illustration of baptism. If you all remember where if you want a white shirt to be purple, right? You put the purple dye in the water right? And you, and you submerge that white shirt in that water, right? And, 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 you, and then all of a sudden you, you, you wait a second and then, you, and then when you bring that white shirt up, what happens? It's, it's purple, right? So see, the, 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 the burial of the shirt, right, puts it in a whole different environment. It won't be the same again. <laughs> It'll never be the same again because it's buried now. The old white shirt is buried now, right? But we don't stop at being dead because we are, we are also identified with Christ through his resurrection as well. And we come up and we come up, we don't look like we used to. We don't look like we used to. The white shirt is now purple, right? It was submerged in the dye and now it, it was in a new environment and that new environment changed it. It changed it. It's now purple, no longer white again. Baptism illustrates that we've been put to death and buried in a new environment 
And then all of a sudden, the resurrection means that we come up with a new life, new life. Not only do we share his death, but we share his resurrection too. Death is not the end of the story. It's the beginning of our story. Amen. Now, now I, I know some of you, you got to have, and this is just an illustration, you got to have a favorite shirt, a favorite article, article of clothing. And then you go out and you buy, you buy something new. And for some reason, you always go back to Old Faithful. You always go back to Old Faithful and, 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 and you put back on what, you know, you, what, what, what just feels better and feels right. But then all of a sudden, time goes by. And, and the shirt or whatever it is, it begins to look kind of tethered and, and it's got a hole in it. Some love the shirt so much. Hey, a little hole ain't, ain't the end of the story, all right? Then all of a sudden, a big hole comes, and they, they still, some are still thinking about holding on to it until they, their spouse or something say, come on, ridiculous. <laughs> Throw the thing away. You got all these other shirts, you know, but I like this one, right? But I like this one. See, see, this, this new life is it, not like that. See, it, it, see, when we take off the old, we don't take off the old, put it in a closet and, and just say, okay, I'm going to try this new Christian life on. And just in case, you know, it, it doesn't fit right, I'll go back to that old life again. It's just still hanging up in the closet. No, it's dead. It's gone. We can't go back to it anymore. Once you've crossed that road and you're in God's field, you can't go back over to Satan's field again. You have a new life going on. The old life is done. The old life is done. You have a new life now. And here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Yesterday, I, I thought about it, and, and, and I give you this illustration, because, see, we got a new quality of life. You know, uh, yesterday, we were over here, and, and all of a sudden, we had a moment where we were putting old things together. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, Brother Jason, he, he found a part here, and he found a part there. And, and, and when he found this part, I, I thought, about this last night. When, when he found all these parts and everything, this is what he ended up making. And he put it together and we said, we made a story about it. We said, yeah, now when the kids come up and they do their recitals, they're going to have like a nice little mic stand, right? And this was made up of old parts. We got one part here, one part there, and then another part here to make this thing up and it can serve a new purpose. But our new life is not made up of old things. It's not like God just got old things together, threw them together, polished them up a bit, and now it can be reserviced. No, uh-uh. It's brand new. It is new in the sense of quality. Amen? We have a new quality about our lives. See, see, I got a new higher quality of heart. I got a new higher quality of spirit. I got a new higher quality of mind. I got a new higher quality of mouth. I got a new higher quality of a song. And one day I'll have a new higher quality of a new name written down in glory and it'll be mine. It will be mine. I got a new quality of life right now. It's not about the old. It's about the new. It's about the new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This is a new life, saints. 
This is a new life that we're talking about. Consider your conversion. Consider your conversion. Verse 6 says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in the order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for we who has died or he who has died is freed from sin look at that look at that phrase done away with if you read another interpretation it'll say destroyed and, and what it means what this word means is inoperative it's, it's inoperative it's invalid the power has been taken away from it it's been taken away from it, done away with. Christ has dealt a mighty blow to sin where sin is powerless now with us. Sin is powerless. Do you hear that? Sin is powerless now with us. However, there's a but. But sin's potential to express itself is still around. It's still around. It's still around. See, the old life is dead. Don't get confused about that. Because that old life was what? Habitually about sinning. Remember, you was in Satan's field, right? You was in Satan's field and you were doing what he wanted you to do. And he was your master, right? He was your master. And you were doing what he wanted you to do. However, you crossed over salvation onto, into God's field. And now he's your master. Amen. He's your master. So, so, but, but, but sin is still there. It has potential to express itself. And it's still around. See, we Christians, we suffer from what I call PTSD. PTSD, post-traumatic sin disorder. That's what it is. It's post-traumatic sin disorder. See, 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 sin is still there. Sin is powerless. However, it has some residue, if you will. It has some residual stuff going on that's there. And guess what the residual stuff, guess, guess how it's, it's recalled? I remember when. <laughs> Ooh, I remember when. Yeah, I remember. See, you're working in, in, in God's field, and you're plowing, and you're working on a building, firm foundation, right? And you're working in God's field. But then all of a sudden, Satan is over there in his field, and he's saying, hey, Remember her? <laughs> hey. Remember her? Hey, remember this? Huh? Hey, remember? 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 And you're working on a building. And it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Holy Spirit said, get back to plowing. <laughs> get back to. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Remember him? Oh, yeah. I remember him. That, that's, that's what goes on. See, that memory. See, see, our body, our flesh, it's amoral. It's amoral, right? Meaning that it can be used for God's glory, but it can also be used for some foolish stuff. That's why he was saying, don't let, your, don't let your instrument be an instrument of unrighteousness. Let, that, let it be an instrument of righteousness, right? See, this body can be used, and this body's got some, some tendencies, and, 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 and it's not that Satan knows everything. It's just that he's been around so long, he knows what works. He, know, he knows what works. It's not like he knows everything. He's just saying, huh, you know, I bet you, uh, I bet you trick number 3,562 
will definitely work on him. I've seen a guy like him before. Yeah, I've seen a guy with his kind of disposition and his, yeah, his temperament. Yeah, let me put him in this situation here. Yeah, come on over here, imp. Yeah, go and get him. And then all of a sudden he sends something your way and then all of a sudden the guy comes and then you say, pop! Oh my goodness, why did I hit him? There go that temper again. Satan says, yes, it worked. I knew he had a short fuse still. Right? It, it worked. He popped him. Assault charges are coming. Right? Right? But, but here's the thing. Like I said, that's not your life anymore. Although you may have paused and you gave in and you popped him, that's not how you, that's not how you are anymore. That's not how you are anymore. That's not your, that's not your calling card. Papa dude quick. That's not you anymore, right? That's not you anymore. In fact, when you do something like that, this is how you know that you belong to God. Father, oh, why did I do? Lord Jesus, hey man, I'm so sorry. Lord, oh my. I wanna make sure I never do that again. I feel so bad about doing that. See, if you weren't his, you would back up and say, yeah. And if you want some more, come back. Right? If you, if you weren't his, it wouldn't bother you at all. If you want some more, come back. That, that's the difference. Our, our, our life is, that, that old life is dead, but yet sin has, that, 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 it has some residual effects. We, we got P. TSD, post-traumatic sin disorder, right? And sometimes we just, you know, like I said, the residuals act up and we're working and Satan is still calling us. And here's the, the beautiful thing. Satan can never bring us back over to that field again because once we are his, we are his. We are secured in him. We are secured in him. So, so, so consider your conversion. Consider your conversion. And, and it says that we are free from sin. Sin is toothless. It's like a toothless lion. Sin is like a toothless lion. Consider yourselves free. Goes on to say, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Christ, he gave it all. He paid it all, right? He paid it all, and, and he died once. He died once. He's not coming to die again for your sins. No, that one time covers the bill. It covers the bill. Christ died for you, and, and in a very real way, we died with him, and we only have to die once. When you believe in Christ and you have placed your faith in him, you will die once. Now, physically, depending on if he comes back again and when he comes back again, yes, you could die physically. But we're talking about spiritual here. Because if you believe in him, you die only once to be raised again. But if you don't believe in him, you will die twice. You will die twice. And in a very real way, we are so connected. We are so in Christ that that. Christ is not the only one that had a miraculous birth. We had a miraculous birth too. 
right? Because we are dead to sin and we've been birthed to new life, new life in him. Consider your conversion. Think about it. Think about it. Sin has no power over us. So what, what did he do here? And what's the main point? Well, the main point is this, is that not only did he take care of the power of sin, but he also took care of the penalty of sin. That's what, that's what he's saying here. He's taking care of the power of sin, and he's taking care of the penalty of sin. We don't have to die. We don't have to die. However, in the future, he will take care of the presence of sin when we are in heaven with him. Amen? So, but for right now, he's letting you know that the, that the power and the penalty is, is taken care of. You don't have to live the way you used to live anymore. Amen? So I'm going to pause it there because next week we're going to consider what our, con our conduct should be. What our conduct should be. So we've considered the question. We've considered our conversion. Next week we'll consider our conduct. Amen. But here's the question. You have to ask yourself, have you, have you thought truly about this grace thing? Have you thought truly about your relationship with Christ? And if you thought about it, are you really converted? Can you say that you are converted? Can you say that you have a new life? It's, it's easy. That's an easy question. That's an easy question. Because see, the, the, what I like about Jesus is that uh, mediocre and, and lukewarmness, he, didn't, he, you know, he made you uncomfortable. He's like, no, I'm not going to let you just exist in, 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 in mediocreness. No, I'm going to make you make a decision. You're going to make a decision. And, and that's what he did. And he makes it so plain. Paul makes it so plain. You got to ask yourself a question. Are you, are, are you, are you really his? Do, do you have union with Christ? You'll know. Look at your life. Look how you're living. Do you have a new quality uh, of, of heart? Do you have a new spirit about you? Are, are folks saying to you, man, it's something different about you. I remember when you used to, man, you used to do this and that, but you don't do that anymore. Man, what happened? What happened? Man, you, you, you're looking different. You're acting different. You're talking different. You, you got a different appetite for things. What's, what's up with you right now? It's different. It's different. So, so often the church in, in, in recent years, their, their whole goal was to draw people in by, draw the world in by, by looking like them. By, by, by kind of like, you know, don't scare them off, but look like them a little bit, you know? Look like them, talk like them a little bit, sing like them a little bit. Let it influence the, the music to a point where, where folks don't even know if it's gospel or, or what. You know, hey, we can, man, I can club on this. Oh, it just said Jesus, never mind. Right? Hey, man, I could party on this music. Oh, it said God, never mind. It's like we have gone out of our way, the church, we've gone out of our, out of our way to identify with them. When, when God said, be peculiar, <laughs> be peculiar. You know, when people see you, they'll say, there's something about you. you know, there's something about you. If you live right enough, guess what? People annoy without you even opening your mouth. If you live right enough, I've been in situations where, no, 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 I'm good. No, I'm not going to drink. No, I'm not drinking anything. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then I was, I'm sitting there and I'm just minding my own business, just talking. And then all of a sudden, people are just like, man, this guy ain't cussing. He ain't drinking. 
Man, it makes me not want to drink now. <laughs> it's something, okay, it's something going on with this, this dude. Are, are you are you making people think about where they're at? Just by your life. This is a new life. And you can tell, and you can ask this question, answer this question easily. Are you living like you always lived? Or are you living a new life? What, what does this name even mean to you? A new life a new way of living. That's what God has offered you through this book of Romans. He's saying you couldn't do it, but hey, I've done it for you. Come, come, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Choose ye this day who you will serve. And I'll leave you with one other tip just real quick. You're a slave. <laughs> you're a slave. Either you're a slave in this field <laughs> or you're a slave in this field. Either you're Satan's puppet or your God's servant. But make no bones about it. You're serving somebody. You're not the boss. You're serving someone. And I'm just saying from the pulpit, choose Christ. Choose Christ. Amen. God bless you.